Social Strategy Podcast, episode 77. Hey, what's going on, guys? Wanted to tell you about a couple new things on the show. I've got a, actually a new sponsor, Podbean. They're also a friend of the show. I'm an affiliate of Podbean. So if, if you sign up for Podbean, I get a little bit of credit for it. But Podbean decided to go ahead and sponsor the podcast. And if you also want to be sponsored by Podbean, you should definitely check it out. They've got an advertising marketplace now that as a podcaster, you can set up your show, advertise, and get matched up with sponsors. It's really unique, and they're the only ones that are doing this right now that I know of. Other hosting companies will have opportunities for you to apply for sponsorship, but the way that Podbean has it set up, I think it's a lot easier for podcasters to line themselves up with sponsors that are appropriate for their show. So you should definitely check it out. Go out to Podbean forward slash VR Podbean free. That's VR Podbean free. It's going to get you started for 30 days of free podcasting. And then you can check out the advertising section. Don't forget to check out the crowdfunding. There is a Patreon-like crowdfunding portion of Podbean. If you host with Podbean or even if you don't, you can set up crowdfunding to raise money for your podcast. So that's another way to monetize it. And if you're thinking about sponsoring a podcast, you can also do that. But definitely check it out. I've got a lot of people that have signed up with Podbean because I've been talking about it over the past couple of years with you know talks and stuff like that I've been at. And if you've heard any of my sessions, I've talked about Podbean because overall, I know that they're trying hard. I had a director of communications on the podcast a few episodes ago. I'm going to link to that in the show notes so you guys can check it out, learn a little bit more about Podbean, and uh, just go check it out. They're doing some interesting things. I wouldn't be talking about them if I was not happy with what they're doing. So check out Podbean. It's really cool. And you guys will also notice a, a couple new friends of the podcast, products that I use. I've been using Grammarly, really been improving my tweets. Had no idea I was leaving out so much punctuation. I've also been using Warby Parker for the past like three years because I buy my all my glasses are Warby Parker. So if you check out any of my Bowtie Thursday posts, you'll see the glasses that I wear are Warby Parker. I've got like uh, three different ones that I usually rotate in and out. And since fall is coming up, I'm going to order another pair. It's like 95 bucks for a pair of glasses. So check that out. The link's going to be in the show notes. And I will see you on the back end. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey everyone, this is Vernon Ross, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, and good old-fashioned networking. And guys, guess what? Finally... Finally got it. When you say the word podcasting, there's there's a couple things that come to mind. You say podcasting, quite honestly, when I say podcasting, the first thing I think of is A to Z uh, with Cliff's Ravenscraft. I've not taken the course, but when I first started learning about podcasting three years ago, Cliff's podcast was one of the first ones that I listened to. And I listen to just episodes like Netflix style, just episode after episode. And the reason I could do that is because he has over 3,300 podcast episodes recorded on his very own, not of just the Cliff Ravenscraft show, but he's produced more than 30 different shows since 2005. This started as a hobby for Cliff. So Cliff is really proof that if you want to do something, you put your mind to it and you focus on becoming the best at it, you can do just that. 
I just had the pleasure of seeing Cliff uh, again at Podcast Movement uh, 16 in Chicago. His his keynote was amazing. He's you know approachable and everything that you would think he is in his podcast. He is in person. Cliff, welcome to the show. Vernon, I am delighted to be here, and I'm so thankful for your patience in 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 getting me onto the show. But man, I'm glad that when I had some open opportunity that you still had a spot for me. I'm I'm honored to be here. Yeah, any any time. I saw that email. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I got I got my list. So you I think you were the last person on my like top ten list of people that I wanted to have on my podcast when I first started. And um something that you said to me and something that you said, I think it was on one of your episodes, you're like, well, you know, I won't do a podcast until you have at least 10 episodes in. And then I found out through, you know, through listening and learning that, you know, most podcasts don't make it past episode 10 anyway. (laughs) Yeah. An overwhelming majority. I think it's something like 80% of podcasts that are started, never make it past their seventh episode. That is insane. There are some exceptions to the rules. There, there are certain people I will be their first through seventh episode. No problem at all. It's like anybody that has, personally trained with me, you know, I, I'm, I'm certainly going to be happy to be one of their first guinea pigs. It's not a problem at all. Right. And, 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 and it certainly has nothing to do with the size of an audience. Not like, it's not like I say, go build an audience and then I'll come. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I, I'm just saying that, you know, let's, because of the number of people who are currently on a waiting list to interview me, not that I'm any, but I mean, not that I'm ultra important or anything like that. It's just that I do have a ton of people who would love to have me on their show. And it, I feel, I feel weird giving 30 minutes to an hour of my time to somebody who, to so many people who are not going to produce more than the one or two interviews that they do with me and, and, a, and a one or two other people. And then they do nothing to promote that show. And in three to six months from now, the URL, if you were to type it in, doesn't exist anymore because they, <laughs> they shut down their hosting everything. Right. And, and so that's the only reason I did that. Just the, you know, just the number of people that reach out to me and I, I really don't recognize their name. I don't have a lot of connection or anything. Yet they know me. They, they may have listened to all you know, 458 episodes of the Cliff Ravenscraft show. But, yeah, it, it, it's a difficult thing. But, uh, I'm, like I said, man, I'm, I'm honored that you're still around. And I, I, I wish I didn't have to wait until epi- 80 episodes. And you know what? Man, <laughs> hey, I'm, okay. I'm just honored to be here. No, it makes it all better. Trust me. No, I'm, uh, I'm happy about it. And, you know, it makes perfect sense. I, when I, I had Andrew Warner on. I talked to Andrew Warner. And one of the things that he said to me uh, very early on, he goes, you know, I wouldn't do a podcast if I wasn't going to be reaching more than one person because you could come to me and want, you know, a half hour, hour of my time. I could tell you whatever it is I wanted to tell you. The only value that you're going to get is you're going to get that value. But if you're building an audience and you've got a podcast and you're out there and you're promoting it, it just makes sense for me to come on and share my knowledge. So I, I do definitely appreciate that, and I love the fact that you're on. And yeah, it's it's an honor because you know, hey, you're podcast answer man. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, man, let let let's get into some meat here. What what are we going to talk about today? So you know, I wanted to talk about knowing a little bit more about you know your story and your background. What do you recommend? Because podcasting has become so popular now. I mean everybody that you talk to is either listening to a podcast. They at least know what a podcast is, at least in the circles I travel in. And 
I'm getting more and more business people and coaches and authors asking me about podcasting and, yep. you know, should I start a podcast? I mean, I'm consulting with people about podcasts. I'm actually teaching a podcasting course uh, this November. I'm talking about some podcasting later on today to a group of business people. What's the advice that you would give a local business that is excited about the idea of podcasting, but they're not sure whether or not they should start one? All right. Well, I don't know if there's a reason why at the very last minute you threw in a local business. But uh, so I, I can maybe try to speak to that, although I, I really don't think about local business anymore in our economy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that any business today, if for it to be truly successful, they they are missing a huge opportunity if their only customer base is local people. Now, obviously, maybe the local pizza restaurant and stuff like that, they're not going to be globally sending their pizzas to people in Switzerland or Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. But man, the opportunities that are available today uh, to ask yourself, what am I in the business of? You know, and so a local pizza shop, I would I would I would suggest that they think to themselves out of let's just say I've been doing a pizza shop locally here in my hometown of Hebron, Kentucky for the last 35 years. And I'm thinking, should I create a podcast? What is a podcast going to do to help me land more people in my restaurant buying my pizzas? Well, Chances are, maybe it's, I mean, overall, realistically, this is Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. If that's the goal of creating a podcast for you, chances are it's almost going to do nothing to move the needle forward for you. Okay, so why create a podcast? Well, we'll get into that in just a second. But still, let me go back to this whole local business person. You know, what is it that you do? What is it that you offer? What is it that you have as experience that you have that you can give to the world that is of value, that you can share with the world? And so if I was a local pizza owner, a local pizza restaurant owner, and I've been successfully staying in business, that I've been successfully in the black for, let's just say, the past 25 to 28 of the last 35 years or something like that. You know, it started out really rough, but man, I've, I've really, I've gone through a lot of different things. The economy's been up and down, and yet my business is still thriving today locally. Now, again, a, lo- a podcast probably isn't going to move the needle for you locally, geographically, but you have so much experience to offer the world. So if I, if you, if I were that person, I might create a podcast about how to successfully maintain a thriving restaurant in any economy. So that might be the topic of my podcast. Maybe that's where my true passion is, is the fact that, you know what, I've been able to create a life that is joy-filled and has, has, you know, surrounded by creating a business that has allowed me to feed so many people in my community. It's allowed me to actually give away food in a certain way. You know, there, there are so many things I've been able to do and experience with my business. I want to help other people around the world who wants to create a business like I've done and share the principles that I, and strategies and marketing that I've learned about creating this business over the years. And so what happens, you might put that out and that gains you an audience of people who might not, who aren't necessarily going to come and buy your pizza, you know, sit in your restaurant. But these are people who are going to be benefiting from all that experience that you've gleaned over the years. And you're going to be adding value to their lives. Now, if you wanted to turn that into business opportunities, could you? Sure. There's several different streams of income that you could choose from there. I'm sure that 
you know, as a restaurant owner, there are products and services that you use in your business. Maybe you use certain ovens, you use certain mixers, you use certain utensils, uh, plates, whatever, all these different services. You can work with any of those companies and create an affiliate relationship with them, a sponsor relationship with them. And, you know, these other people who are looking to upgrade their restaurant practices might think about buying those same products and services and you could earn a commission each time. You could just be paid a flat fee for sponsoring or who knows, maybe you want to, maybe you want to reserve a a little conference hall in your hometown and invite people to come to a workshop on a weekend. You know, you got for after 35 years, you probably got a good team of people running your restaurant. You can pull away for a weekend and maybe just for the passion of it, you invite, let's just say you've been podcasting for eight or nine months and you invite all those people who are listening to say, you know what, for the first 50 people that want to, I'm going to host a workshop here. I'm going to bring you in to my hometown. I'm going to show you my restaurant. I'm going to let you see the people that come in. I'm going to invite a couple of our top restaurant guests that come in over and over again. I'm going to have them talk about their experiences here. And uh, I'm going to answer your questions. I got this great thing. We're going to help you take your restaurant to the next level. And you know what? They could make an extra six, seven, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars on a weekend just by sharing their area of expertise after building a relationship with an audience through a podcast. So that's just the local business side of it. But do you want me to go on with why should anybody create a podcast? Where do you want to go with this, Vernon? I'm I'm an open book, man. Well, you know. I love the answer that you gave, and the reason I love it is because you always, or at least I get, the, I get the questions from, you know, marketers, some digital marketers that are thinking about starting a podcast, lawyers, dentists, chiropractors, people that are, that I have as my clients as a digital marketer, but then I get the restaurant owners that there are a few, um, you know, a wine bar that's local here, robust wine bar. They do an excellent job at social media and promoting themselves. They haven't breached over to the podcast thing yet as far as doing wine and stuff like that. They're doing more video, but I often get that question. Well, what kind of stuff could we offer as far as a podcast is concerned where we would have, you know, a hundred episodes after a period of time. And I always tell them, well, you don't necessarily have to go for that. You could do a podcast that has a set number of episodes where you're just teaching a particular technique about your business. You could talk about this type of wine, or you could talk about this aspect of your business. You could, you know, do some live events. You could do workshops, pretty much exactly what you just said. So a lot of validation there coming from you that I'm on the right path for advising people to, you know, this is what you could do with a podcast, but it may or may not have a direct impact on your business, depending on what your business is and what your goals actually are as far as that is concerned. But, you know, from that, you could develop a, another stream of income or another aspect to your business. Right. And some people I can just hear and say, I'm not looking for more work. Uh, but, you know, hey, I'm just saying that, man, when you, when you open up the when you break down the barrier of geographic location to your business, you open up the entire world as possible clientele. That is the most incredible thing that podcasting, I believe, has to offer. But if we, if we, if you do want to stick geographically, I love what you, I love the advice that you shared that you're giving there. Another thing, just off the top of my head, and you've probably already shared this with some of your clients locally, uh, is that you know if you are a wine and bar or whatever restaurant, you are a local geographic thing. I love the idea. You know, maybe you create a podcast that has that is from the very beginning. You know for a fact you're going to do 10 episodes, and that 10 episodes is all go- is completely 100% devoted to the top 10 things to do in your city. And so let's just say if I lived in northern Kentucky, 
you know, I, what are the, you know, my podcast might be titled the top 10 things that you can do in Northern Kentucky or the top 10 things for you and your family in Northern Kentucky. You can even niche it down a little further and where you give each episode is one of those top 10 things that you can do with your family. And at the end of every episode, this episode has brought, been brought to you by Jack Lilly Insurance, your independent agent in Northern Kentucky. And that's it. No, that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. So, guys, take that one and uh, run with it. <laughs> that was a free idea from Cliff. So, you, you know, talking about that and talking about podcasting, and I'm, I'm in the process of writing a book. Um, I actually got a book deal before the book was finished, uh, basically through relationships, through podcasting. It's, a, it's an amazing story. I'm not going to tell it right now because it'll just take too long, but... When you first got into podcasting as a hobby in 2005 and you were talking about the show Lost, how did you actually find your voice behind the microphone? Well, first of all, I, I didn't always sound the way that I sound now. And if anybody wants to go back and hear what I sounded like when I recorded my first episode and compare the way that I'm communicating today, the way that I sound, the confidence in my voice, all of those things, the inflection of my voice, all of these different things, and you want to compare it to my first episode, go back to, and you have to listen to this closely, it's gspn.tv slash first episode, and gspn.tv is generally speaking production network dot tv, not dot com, so gspn.tv slash first episode, all spelled out together, one word gspn.tv slash first episode. Go and click play on that and you'll get a little chuckle. <laughs> so how did I find my voice? You know how I found my voice? I showed up every single week behind the microphone and I wasn't concerned about the fact that I wasn't great right out of the bat. I didn't have to be perfect by my third episode. I didn't have to be perfect and sound like I had my stuff together before I released my episodes. I wasn't worried about hitting new and noteworthy in anything. I wasn't worried about having a top ranked show. In fact, all I cared about was that I am super passionate about the topic that's on my mind, on my heart, that I want to share with the world, and nothing can stop me from getting behind the microphone as often as I can find free time and to put my voice out into the world. Because I know that as soon as my voice goes out into the world, whether I have found my voice and I'm communicating effectively, uh, there's always something I can do to take to the next level, but at least I got to start from somewhere. And so what I do is I put myself out there and know that then all of a sudden there are going to be other people who share my passion or resonate with my message. And as I move along, I will get better at my craft. Now, um, I kind of tossed in a couple of different things in there, knowing that there are a lot of people who are getting ready to launch a podcast. You're researching, you got all these people telling you that you know, your launch is the most important part of your podcast. And if you don't do it right, you could screw up your potential opportunity that is offered to you during the first eight weeks of your show. <laughs> right. You know what that and, and Vernon, I don't know if you've ever said those words. I hope not. But no, I, I'm going to tell you, if anybody's ever told you that as far as I'm concerned, it's baloney uh, because the chances of you having an awesome show within your first eight weeks, it whatever. They, they shouldn't call this new and noteworthy. They should call it new and uh, improving. That's what I think that they <laughs> yeah, should exactly call that right. section of iTunes. Now, here's the deal. There are some people out there, they, they already know their voice. They know their identity. They, they are confident in their message. They've been doing public speaking. They've, they've 
maybe even been on the radio before or whatever. They they are communicators like you would not believe. And the only thing they've never had before is the technology of a podcast. And yeah, there there's maybe one out of 10 people who might launch a podcast and they sound great from episode number one. But most people don't. Nine out of 10, I will tell you, they don't sound great when they first launched their show. And so um, I heard this thing from a guy named John Acuff and he said, embrace your invisibility for this is the time for you to make all of your mistakes without the entire world watching. And so I, I encourage people to just launch a podcast. And here's the other thing. They, they suggest some of these other people suggest that you should have five or six episodes to launch at the launch of your show. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, that's great if you're awesome. But if you're not, how about no, don't do it. Here's why I suggest you don't batch process until you have, quote, unquote, found your voice. And here's why. Because if I were a brand new podcaster and I, I'm just not used to this at all, I'm a little nervous, I'm, you know, what, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, if I'm going to record five episodes, I'm going to record all five episodes and I'm going to do them the same way. I'm going to record the first one. I'm going to prepare for it. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to even edit it and all that stuff. And then when I'm finished, I'm, going to, I'm sitting down immediately and doing the next one because i got to have five of these done before I launch my first episode. That's what all the experts say. So if I do that, here's what I can tell you. Sure, you've, you've now released your first three episodes, and now you have two more for the following two weeks that you're going to automatically release. Now... Think about what has happened there, and I'm going to then just pause right there. We'll come back. That's person A who's launched a podcast, and they've batch processed. All right? Now, let's take person B, and they follow maybe Cliff and Vernon's advice of waiting till, to find your voice before you batch process anything. And both of these guys are going to do uh, weekly shows, one episode per week. Now, person B says, you know what? I'm going to record my first episode, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to prepare for it. I am going to write down all the things that I want to include in the show. And you know what? I feel really nervous. I'm going to go ahead and write down word for word everything that I'm going to say. And, and then after that, I'm going to hit the record button, and I'm going to read from my script. And I'm going to sound very self-confident. You know, I'm going to have self-confidence issues because I'm a little nervous about this. I'm going to be saying um and ah. Uh. Even though I have it scripted out, I'm going to have all this stuff. And then when I get into edit, I'm going to hear all those ums and ahs, and I'm going to edit them out. But not only that, I'm going to go super aggressive, and I'm going to actually edit out every single intentional pause, <laughs> edit, all that natural pause, so that if somebody actually clicks play. Actually, here's, now here's the thing. That person then publishes that episode online. All right. So person B is now taking that episode, that first episode, they publish it online and they have followed my advice in doing this. That I will tell that person, person B, publish your first episode and make a commitment that you will not, you will not record the second episode until at least five days after the first episode has been released to the public. And the reason why is I say, this is what I want you to do. During those five days after you've released it, I want you to first listen back to your first episode while you have a pen and a piece of paper in front of you and make notes about the things that you wished you would have done differently. All right? Number two, 
invite somebody that loves you enough that would be willing to suffer through your first episode and ask them to give you some authentic and genuine feedback. Number three, listen to at least one, two, or three other episodes of other people's podcasts. does not have to be in your niche. And instead of listening to it as a podcast consumer at this point in time, instead, with a pen and a piece of paper in front of you, listen to it as a podcast producer taking notes about things that you like about their show and what you don't like about their show. Not so that you can provide them unsolicited feedback, but just so that you can take it and think about how you can take what you've learned from listening to their show as a content producer and apply it to your own show. And so now... Take that, and then after five days, you still have two more days before you have to release that next weekly episode. So now it's been five days, you've listened to your show, and one of the things that you noticed, because you did a script, and because you did, the, because you did a script, you sound unnatural, and you sound like you are reading a book. It sounds almost like this, as you go <laughs> through each word that you're sharing. Exactly. So it's like, okay, maybe I'm going to dump, okay, episode number two, I'm going to dump the script. All right. That's the thing that you learn. So episode number two is completely different because now it's more natural, more conversational and stuff like that. And you still go in and you edit it and you put out episode number two. Episode number two is published to the world and it's much better than episode number one because of all that work that you did. And then before you, you wait five days to record episode number three before putting, uh, and then you do the same thing. Everything that you did after episode one, number one, you do that second one. And it's this time that you realize, oh my gosh, you know what? I have been over aggressive with my editing. I am taking out too many pauses. I just got some feedback from somebody that they listened to my show, but it was hard to listen to because I kept going and I didn't have any pauses. It's like I didn't breathe through the whole episode and all I did was this. And as I'm going, they noticed that I wasn't breathing because I had to edit it out every little second. And it's like nonstop. It's like, wait a second. Okay. Point taken. I need to stop editing out every single second of silence. I need to intentionally leave some silence in there. So guess what? Episode number three, we record five days after episode number two was out. And episode number three is already better. We haven't even got to episode number five. And so somebody who subscribes to Person B's podcast and listens to that first episode, they think, wow, this is such an amazing topic. I've always been wanting a podcast about this topic. Eh, The show's production value, not so great. But you know what? I'll subscribe to it because I just trust that this person's going to get better. And they listen to episode number two and it's like, it's, you know, on a scale of one to 10, episode number one was about a four. But man, episode number two went up to a six. And episode number three went up to a seven, you know, and, and I, I believe this person is slowly finding their voice. Now, take person A. I subscribe to the par- podcast. I, I notice there are three episodes and I listen to the first one and I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm so glad that this podcast exists. I've been looking for a podcast. I'm going to stop it. Ah, oh, but the show, it's, <laughs> it's not that great. But you know what? I'm going to give them a chance. I'm going to give them a chance because I trust that they're going to get better. So I listen to episode number two, which is immediately available to me. And guess what? It sounds just as crappy as episode number one. (laughs) And so I I go ahead and listen to episode number three because I'm really passionate about this topic. I've been so desperate for information related to this topic. And I'm like, okay, so episode number three, still quality level of four of production. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to give them one more shot. Now that they're on a weekly roll, you know, I'm going to wait till episode number four drops next week because that's what they said is going to happen. So I wait an entire week 
And man, I am desperately waiting for information about this topic. And so I wait for another week in, whole, in hopeful anticipation that this episode is better. But you know what? It sounds just the same as the first three episodes. Because guess what? They were all recorded on the same day. And that person had not grown at all. Yeah. So, Vernon, yeah, I think, that, I that's think what people I've seen. can take away. <laughs> right? That, that is exactly what I've seen. And, you know, what's funny is when I launched my podcast, um, I ended up doing it like that mostly because a few guests canceled. <laughs> but I I didn't get wrapped up in the new and noteworthy. Um, although I'd had the advice, oh, you should launch with this many episodes. And it's like, well, you know what? I'm not really sure what I'm doing, and I want to make sure that it's good. And I ended up taking notes, and I listened to you know the advice that you're given, and it just didn't seem natural to record a bunch of stuff and not really know what you were doing. And the show's changed, and people have told me, yeah, man, your show's gotten better and better and better with each show and I'm looking forward to it. And those early episodes are okay, but your episodes now you seem more natural behind the mic. You know, there's more natural pauses. Cause I was one of those people that w- I would edit out everything, every second of silence. And it'd just be one long conversation, which was um, not that great, but it's, it's gotten a lot better. So no, thank you for that. It, the interesting thing here, Vernon, I, I've i done over – I know you said 3,300, but it's been – I, I need to update wherever you read that from. I've actually done over 3,600 podcast episodes of my very own since December 2005. Oh, wow. And um, if you look at podcastanswerman.com, that podcast is now called The Cliff Ravens Craft Show. It used yes. to be called Podcast Answer Man. And I just released last week episode 458 – now, here's the interesting thing. If you listen to episode number 458 and then just go back six weeks earlier, six episodes earlier, there's a complete difference. You know what? I have just discovered even yet a new level of my voice. I'm a different person today than I was six weeks ago as a result of a life-changing event. Exactly. exactly. And if I, if I would have said, you know what, I'm going to, gosh, I'm getting ready to head out to Dallas, Texas to go to this Tony Robbins Unleash the Power event, within event. And then after I get back from Dallas, Texas, I'm turning around and instantly going out to Chicago. And when I get back from Chicago, I've got uh, only just three weeks to promote my podcasting A to Z course. And then I've got four weeks of podcasting A to Z, which is going to keep me busy night and day. You know what? Before I leave for Dallas, I'm going to block out a weekend and I'm going to record four episodes on Saturday and four episodes on Sunday. And could I have done that? Absolutely, I could have. And I would have been taking care of all of this month and all of next month. And it would have been done. Now, I can tell you this. If anybody wants to go to podcastanswerman.com slash 458, I shared a message in that episode that I believe could not wait until September to get published into my feed. And so I'm so thankful that I'm not batch processing because I was able to share that episode at a time when it was the most important for me on my heart to share. Right. No, that's awesome. And with with you mentioning the Tony Robbins event, I know that a lot of people, there are a lot of people that don't, don't agree with some of the things that Tony Robbins teaches and does. I actually happened to listen to, um, I think it was either Personal Power. It was one of those programs. I actually don't even remember the name of the program. It was one of his first ones, and it was actually on cassette tapes. It was my sophomore year in college, and I 
saw an infomercial one night. I'm like, I got to have that. This is like the stuff my mom's been talking about, and I got it. And it changed the way that I looked at a lot of things. I'm pretty sure put me on the path that I've been on, which has been a, a pretty successful path, and I'm very thankful for it. I, you know, I couldn't ask for more blessings in my life, and a lot of it has to do with the attitude and the the life lessons that I learned from listening to that cassette program. I've 15, 20 hours of cassette tapes and knowing how to change your emotional state. What What's the one thing that you feel like you got out of that that you'd love to just share with people? Well, episode 458 is is really the, the biggest thing I believe I t- took away from it. And it's exactly what you just said. The fact that I can control my emotional state at any point I want to in life and that I walked away from that event dis- dis- making the decision that for the rest of my life, I was intentionally going to choose to live every day happy. That that is my, going to be my default emotional home, if you will. That the home where I live emotionally is happy, grateful, thankful, fun, um, you know, joy-filled, appreciative. That, that is where I live emotionally from this day forward. And we call and, and what Tony causes a beautiful state. I'm going to live in a beautiful state of mind or a beautiful emotional state for the rest of my life. And I've also made the decision that this is actually regardless of any circumstance that comes my way, any injustice that is done to me, any pain that comes into my life. I have made the determination that I choose to be in a beautiful state of mind. That mean, now, that doesn't mean that I am never going to have anything happen that might cause me to momentarily feel a little anger or a little rage or stress or worry or anxiety. Those things are going to come up every now and then. But my, de- my decision is that when that thing comes into my life, I will intentionally choose to kill that monster while it's small. And I will instead take my focus off of whatever caused, whatever thoughts caused that emotion, that response of fear, of anxiety, of stress, of anger. I'm gonna, I'm gonna intentionally take my focus off of what caused that, and I am intentionally gonna choose to shift my mind to one of appreciation, a one of. Uh, optimism and and understanding that number one, no, I, I another thing that I learned is that no problem in my mind ever moving forward, it never will I allow that problem to actually be bigger than what it really is. And so I've decided, I've made this decision that I am going to focus on the things that I can appreciate. What is going right in the situation? So oftentimes when we're faced with things, we think, you know, man, what's going wrong here? What, what, what did I do? Why do I always do this? So let, let me just think of a time when, I don't know about you, Vernon, I'm, I'm a married man. I've got a couple kids. I've got three kids mm-hmm. and I make stupid mistakes every now and then. Oh yeah. And and in the heat of the moment, I get angry and I say something and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I just did that again. And now, you know, let's, let's just say all of a sudden it's my oldest daughter who's 16 years old and I've just yet again totally screwed up every opportunity that I had right there to be a father that I could. It's like, man, why do I do that? I do that. <laughs> why am I? I am the worst father, blah, blah, blah. And this is the language that I'm using. 
And I'm thinking, you know, and I'm focusing on what I just did wrong and what I said. And it's like, and, and I'm asking myself question, why, why, am I, why am I such a bad dad? And there are so many different things that go into this, Vernon. And, and what I learned is that, number one, uh, you can change your emotional state by changing what you focus on. So I could focus on what I did wrong. But I, I, instead, if I wanted to, I could focus on, I, I could focus on what can I do to fix what I just screwed up. And also the language that we use. So we can change you know, what we focus on. I can change the language. Instead of asking questions like, um, you know, why do I always do this? Why am I, all, why am I such a bad dad? The, the one thing we don't realize is just how powerful our subconscious mind is. Anytime you ask it a question, it immediately goes to work searching for answers and solutions to whatever you throw at it. And if you throw at it this question, why am I such a bad dad? Why do I always make these wrong decisions? Why do I always blow up? You know what your subconscious mind is going to do? It's going to throw out proposals for ideas that might answer that question. So it's going to bring back, well, it's because you're, you know, this is what was modeled for you maybe as a da- as, from your dad. Uh, maybe it's because that, per- maybe it's because of what they did and, and they always do this. And so it evokes this in you. It, it's going to give you, maybe it's because of this and it's going to remind you of all, all the previous times that you failed and it's going to try to suggest, well, what are the common themes among all the times? that you failed as a father. And boy, if you, if you really want to get depressed about being a father, all you have to do is think about all the other times you, you failed as a father. Right. Now, what, what could I do instead? I could change my language and say, you know what? How can I be a better father? What, what can I do in this moment? I'm asking my subconscious mind. What can I do in this moment that will make this situation better? What can I do moving forward to make better decisions? Maybe what can I even do to, to even do some repair of, of this relationship based upon it, previous things that I've done? And now all of a sudden, your, your mind is giving you potential. Maybe you could sit down, take your daughter out and, and have a heart-to-heart with her and tell her how bad you feel about just how much you've unloaded. Maybe you could sit down and explain that it's not really you. It's actually me and that I'm really struggling here. And I've been taking it out on you and I didn't even realize it. And you, and you just, maybe you write a letter. Maybe, maybe you can actually, you know, do this or do that. And, and all of a sudden now, if you write down what your mind is telling you, you have 10, 15, 20 things that you could do. And now all of a sudden it's like, what can I do to be the best father that, that I was created to be for my children. I mean, God's obviously given me the honor to be a, a father of three kids, and, and there's got to be something better for them than what I've been given. What can I give them that's better as a father? And man, that radically changed my life. And so, what, so the emotional state, there is the, you know, what am I focused on? What is, what is my language that I'm using? And there's also what is my physiology? Just that I've learned how much our, the way that we use our physical body changes our emotions. For example, if you think of somebody who is depressed, I'm going, now you hear my voice, right? Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to change my physical body and listen to see if it actually changes anything. I'm now, okay, what, how are people when they're depressed? They're, they, they slump down. There's a, there's the, the smile on their face is non-existent because they're, their, their face droops down a little bit. You know, they're using different muscles. 
they're sh- they're shallow breathing. You know, they're not breathing as deeply. You know, they're not getting as much oxygen to their blood, and you know, they, it's just just like they're they're just slumped down and and kind of leaning forward even. And and so you could just hear my voice. And if I just actually if I keep my if I keep breathing shallow like this, if I keep uh, hunched down, if I if I keep my face kind of just like with a little bit of a, a frown, you know, I, I'm, I'm just going to actually start feeling depressed. It's amazing how this, this posture that I have right at this very moment of time, this way of breathing, how it just affects me emotionally. And the interesting thing is I, now all I've done, I didn't change anything else, but all I've done is I've made my face smile. And all of a sudden, I feel different. Now what I'm going to do is I'm raising my shoulders up and I'm putting my chest out. And now, I don't know if anybody can hear this, but my voice just changed. And my voice just changed when I did that because now, oh my gosh, now I have, now the interesting thing, Vernon, is I have a smile on my face. I brought my shoulders out. I brought my chest in. I feel more comfortable. And I just got goosebumps on my arms because I feel so good. And all of that just by changing my physiology. So the biggest thing that I learned from Tony Robbins at this event is that I can control my emotional state at any time I want. In an instant, just by changing my physiology, my focus, and my language. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. You know, um, one one quick thing that I've noticed about that and and how you respond. And I remember listening to, or I was actually watching one of your Facebook Live videos when you guys were at the, um, it was either Facebook Live or Snapchat when you guys were actually at the Tony Robbins event. Yeah, that would have been Snapchat. Yeah, and it just reminded me that you know the way that you respond just in some of the i could just tell in the way that you were moving around and the way i'm like yeah something's just something happened he's feeling good this is this is a good thing for him vernon i want to tell you that this is something um i I encourage people to go to wikipedia and look up post vacation blues have you ever heard of this oh yeah i've I've had it Uh uh-huh so have i i've i've actually struggled with it since uh, yeah, well, I, I guess going back as far as I can remember, but certainly in all the years that I've been, you know, involved in, in working as a, as a full-time employee, this goes back to all my years as an insurance agent before I launched my own business online, um, it, you know, coming back from vacation. But certainly not, never more had I faced post-vacation blues than since I've been a business owner. You know, going away from my, my business, I'm the sole employee in my business, Right. So, you know, I, so much of everything here depends on me, even though I have some great passive streams of income and stuff like that. The interesting thing is, is that I'd always come back from these trips and I would experience the highest of highs emotionally. It's like, yes, this is so incredible. I'm so <laughs> thankful for my business that has given me this opportunity to take my family uh, to Europe for two weeks and not worry about business, not worry about anything. All I'm doing is enjoying Scotland and London and and the Wales and the Isle of Wight and we're going to Paris and we're in Amsterdam and Amersfoort and the Netherlands. This is the most incredible thing and then I come back and hit reality. <laughs> and and man, I'll tell you, I've been away from my business. I'm so far behind. I'm jet lagged and next thing you know, dude, I am experiencing major depression for 
days and I'm, I'm talking about uh, like weeks coming back from a European trip. But even if it's just like a four-day trip to California and hanging out and having the most awesome time with my closest online friends that I get to connect with once a year at this conference in San Diego and I'm having the best time of my life, I'm up on stage and boy, am I in my sweet spot when I get to share my message on stage with all these people. And then afterwards, I have a long line of people coming up and telling me how much my message and my content over the years has had a powerful and positive impact in their lives. And man, all the endorphins are coming in. I feel great from all of this praise and and dude, it's like my, you know, my kids are like, you know, dad's coming home. We got to widen, you know, make sure we open up the garage door so his head can fit in uh, because my head is like just too big for its shoulders <laughs> anymore. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I and do. So, and so I come back from this conference and, and wait a second, where, where's all the nonstop, never ceasing, endless days of fun and excitement and I'm back to my job and, and, and whatever happens, it's, it's, it, it takes a while to adjust and, and I would get depressed. And, and what really got me depressed was just how overwhelmed I felt because of how backed up and all the other. And so this post-vacation blues has been a big thing for me for years. Now, here's what I, what I can tell you. Uh, six weeks ago, I think, I'm assuming it was like six weeks ago. It feels like something like that. But several weeks ago, I went to Dallas, Texas, and I did. I went there, and I, I, throughout the four days, Tony Robbins taught us it throughout this, I, I think probably 20, 25 different times, he had us intentionally change our emotional, emotional state. We went all over the place. It was intentional that we took our emotions all over the place, and in an instant, we snapped ourselves in and out of different emotional states, intentionally. And, and the, and the, and we made the, I made the decision. I am going to live in a beautiful emotional state for the rest of my life. And the interesting thing, Vernon, is I came home from Dallas, Texas, and I only had like a week and a half before, you know, I needed to turn around and leave for Chicago. I have not been out of this emotional state since. And not only that, but then I leave for Chicago and same thing. And I had, you know what, all the joy and excitement of being in, in Dallas, you would think that I would come back and I'm like, no, man, I'm ready to conquer the world. And I go to Chicago and while I'm in Chicago, I'm ready to conquer the world. I've been back from Chicago for over a week now and I'm still ready to conquer the world. I'm getting up <laughs> at 5 a.m. every morning, even the mornings when I'm going to bed at 1230 at night. Why? Because I can't wait to start the day. Every single day is a gift from God. Every minute of that day is a gift. And I hate to waste any of it. That's, this is what I've been living in for the, like, the last six weeks. And I anticipate that I'll live like this for the rest of my life. And that is the biggest thing that I came away with. And the interesting thing, by the way, is that, you know, there was a little thought in my mind. What if this wears off, you know? <laughs> right. you know what if this wears yeah. off? And I have it on good authority from two different individuals that I could, I could do some name dropping here, but I'm not. But they're, they're two individuals that most people listening to this podcast would know their names. They're close personal friends of mine. And both of them have gone to this event in the past. One of them like four years ago and the other one just like two and a half years ago. And the interesting thing is both of them said, Cliff, you probably are wondering if this will ever wear off. And I just wanted to assure—I want to assure you—it hasn't yet worn off for me. Both of them have told me that. And now, by the way, 
these are close personal friends of mine. And the reason why I won't drop their names is because actually one of them contacted me recently and told me about how depressed they were. They, they were in a situation where they were depressed. Oh, wow. And, and this was before I knew anything about being able to control your emotional state. Now, this happened to be a person who had been, you know, he hadn't been to this event for years. And so sometimes maybe if you're not focused on these things, you don't think about them all the time. And, and you, may be, you may not get, stay in the practice of, of changing your emotional state. And so here I am. I'm thinking, you know, hey, dear friend of mine, I'm giving him the encouragement. You know, well, this just happens from time to time. And, you know, it's, it's, it's probably post-vacation blues. You just got back from a trip. You're on another vacation. You're my, and I even told him, I said, listen, you know, you just know this. It, this came to pass. It's going to pass. You're going to get through this. Do, you know, you've had this before, right? Yes, absolutely. And so I was encouraging. And, and, and I told him, I said, no, when you get back, you've been gone for, you know, X number of days. My suggestion is that you write this date on the calendar and just know that by this date, you'll be back into it. He goes, you're right, Cliff. And you know what? This person is a person who knows the things that I just told you. <laughs> and so he got back. And, and the thing is, is like, he goes, dude, you know what? It's all under control. I'm like, wait a second. You, you mean you, you literally just got back yesterday and you're already snapping? Yep. And he didn't go on and on and tell me. It's like, well, Cliff, because he knew at that point that I was on my way to go and do this and he's like he had he had not he had not been practicing that it's like you know what he could have snapped out and he did snap out of it as soon as it came to him he's like ah oh, duh what am i doing here i can't live in this suffering i don't there's no reason i should be this no he, and he was done with it moved on and man he's been on yeah good stuff man no that's amazing i um i could see the transformation happen on snapchat as as it was unfolding and you're like a totally different person from the last time I saw you, which I think was New Media Expo in Vegas. Yeah. And I could just tell the difference between that. As a matter of fact, it was podcast movement last year, between that cliff in, in Dallas last year and this cliff. Well, there are so many differences between that cliff and this cliff. And this, oh, th- there's a lot. <laughs> this one is a big one. Uh, the fact that I'm 100 pounds lighter than last year might be another thing, too. Oh, yeah. That was a, but, that was a big difference. But uh, yeah, it, no, it's. It, Dude, it's the most incredible thing. And, I, you know, anybody has anything to say about Tony Robbins, you know, it's, that's fine. Um, here, here's the interesting thing I, I think about that. Um, Vernon, you, you, it sounds like you listen to my content and of you course. listen to me, right? Yep. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you out if you, if you give me the wrong answer here. But do you agree with every single thing that I say? Of course not. Of course not. Have I said some things that maybe are just like, you know what, I just don't believe that. I, I think Cliff's absolutely, I think, I, I really admire and respect Cliff Ravenscraft a great deal. But what he just said and boldly proclaimed in his podcast to thousands of people around the world, I think that he is in error when he says that. Have you ever thought that? Oh, yeah. There's been some social media stuff I totally disagree with you on that you talked about. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and not, maybe not even social media. I'm talking about the deeper stuff, you know? The chances are, and, and by the way, there, I could go out to 458 episodes. If I want to, I can find some stuff I was wrong on. Uh, and I'm talking about not just social media business stuff. I'm talking about life. And so the thing is, is to think that we have to agree with everything any one person says to, to actually see value from them or to learn or gain insight or wisdom from them, that's just insane. Because if that's your, if that's your, your uh, bar threshold for what you will or who you will learn from. I'm, I've got to tell you, there's only one person you can learn from, and his name is Jesus. And if you don't believe in him, you ain't got nobody. Right. 
All right. So the thing is, is can you learn from other people, even if they have a, a different way of thinking, if they ha- even if they have a different worldview, even if they have a different faith than you? Is it possible that somebody who has even incorrect teachings that are heresy in your mind, is it possible that they may have uncovered some truth and are experts at explaining and teaching that truth that could positively impact your life and change it for the good? And so the answer is, yeah. You know, and, and by the way, if you've ever gone in for surgery or all these things, do you interview your doctor to make sure that he actually has the same faith as you? <laughs> no, I most mean, people don't. No. What, what, if what if your doctor is an atheist? What if your doctor, you know, I mean, what if, you're, what if you actually had to go in and have emergency heart surgery? And let's just say your heart surgeon that is operating on you is the number one rated doctor in your area. He's, perf- he's got more experience than anyone else when it comes to the n- number of hours in the operating t- room and operating on patients. He is three times more than anyone else within you know, 350 miles of you. He is the leading world you know, cardiologist around the world. He's like the top 10 in the world. All right. Now, would you want him to operate on you or would you like the guy who just started out and he just graduated from medical school? Medical school? Which one? Oh, you're going to want the best guy regardless you're gonna, of what he thinks, you're gonna right? Want the, you're going to want the guy with the most practice in that area of his life. Now, what if I told you that that guy was a Satan worshiper? <laughs> well, you don't know. He might be. But did right. you ever ask? No, because all you knew is that he, this, there's this one area of his life. Now, obviously, I gave the most extreme version of something. But what if that guy has all kinds – what if that guy has some weird habits? What if he has some weird practices? What if he does some really oddball stuff in other areas of his life? You know, does that make him does – that, does that take away – all of that experience and expertise and his number one top rank, ranking in this particular area. No. So does he, have, does he have value to add in that, even if you may not agree with some of the other things he's doing in his day-to-day life? No, I totally think so. And, and so why is Tony Robbins any different? That's what I got to ask those people. Right, right. And, and he's not. And you won't agree with Tony on every aspect. But if you listen to any of the stuff that he has to say, I'm pretty sure that most people can find value from it. Uh, I found a lot of value from it. I've found a lot of value from your journey. It's been inspiring. Uh, your health journey, this this journey that you've been on with changing your life through going th- through the Tony Robbins event. It's it's been a uh, a really nice thing to witness, and it's uh, also helped me become a lot more mindful of some of the things that I've been doing. Just, just as a reminder, even though I, you know, listened to Tony before and other programs and, you know, I'm very positive and read a lot of stuff. I take in a lot of good stuff because that's what's going to come out. What you take in is what you're going to, what you're going to put out. But it's, it's always good to see a little reminders like, ah, you know what? I'm going to be a little bit more positive today. You know what? Awesome. I can change that. I don't have to respond when someone goes, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, well, you know, okay. You don't yeah. have to say that. You can go. Hey, it's I, it's a great day. I've, I've I did an interview last week. I've been doing a lot of interviews over the last two weeks. I, I I'm doing 25 different interviews over two weeks. And last week I did an interview, and it was a, a co-host situation. And the one the one host, the main host, asked me, 
uh, or at least the one that interview, invited me to be on the show, said, Cliff, how are you doing? I said, I am doing outstanding. Thank you. Uh, how are you doing? And he said, I'm doing, I'm, doing, I'm doing great. And the other guy says, hey, Cliff. And I said, how are you doing? Not too bad. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. Really? Not too bad. And, and, and I think, I'm thinking, wait a second. Do, are, do you have a roof over your head? Yeah. Do you have kids? It sounds like you have kids. Yeah. Are, are your kids, do any of your kids have like this untreatable uh, disease or condition? No. Uh, you have food in the refrigerator? Yeah. You have a refrigerator? Is it working? Yeah. You have air conditioning? Yeah. 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 You're not too bad. I agree. <laughs> right. right. Look for the look for the positive things in your life. Exactly, man. I, I'm thinking, what, how how can you say not too bad? You know, when you say the words not too bad, you know what that means, right? It's like I'm bad. I'm doing bad. Right. You know, <laughs> but you, not you too realize bad. You, you, you realize you just said my life sucks, but it doesn't suck that much. Right. Uh, it doesn't yeah. suck too bad. It just it sucks just a little. My life sucks just a little. Yeah. Imagine now. Imagine now, where do you think that person's emotional home is? Oh, just it's it's in lack. It's just yeah, uh, because well, of the language. The language alone tells me what that guy's daily existence is like. Yeah. The, wow. Yeah, letting letting life pull you along instead of doing. You know, I, you know. Now the thing is, is I, this, I don't think it got into the recording. You asked me when we first jumped onto the Skype call. You said, "Cliff, how you doing?" And, and I've been saying this for a long time, even before the Tony Robbins event. And I'll, I, I think I'm going to readopt it because my, I had some people giving me a hard time. I said, Cliff, that's just, you know, baloney. You just say that. You don't always do it. <laughs> but I, I'm going to readopt it because I've been saying this for years. So, so Vernon asked me how I'm doing. So, Cliff, how are you doing? I have never been better, and it gets better every single day. That is a great place to leave it. Cliff, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can people find you online? Podcastanswerman.com. Check out the Cliff Ravenscraft show. And uh, thank you so much, Vernon. It has been an honor to be here. Love talking with you, man. And, and dude, keep up the great work, man. Helping people take their lives, their message, their business, everything to the next level. All right, guys, that was a great episode. Cliff dropped a lot of knowledge. Really enjoyed having Cliff on. Finally got him on the show. It's been a while, and you have to be patient when you want the people that you really want on the show. With some consistency and continuing to follow up with Cliff, I finally got him on the show, and I'm happy about it. I think it was a, I think it was a great episode, and Cliff dropped a lot of knowledge. Lots of reasons that you should start a podcast as a business. It's something that I talk to businesses about all the time. As you guys know, Podbean is one of the friends of the podcast. The reason that I like Podbean, number one, I had Shannon Martin, their communications director, on the show quite a few episodes ago. But we all, we both talked about Podbean, and it was right when they were starting their, their crowdfunding app. Unlike a lot of podcasting companies that have their apps and you can lo- host your show on their Networks, Podbean has incorporated crowdfunding right into your show page on Podbean. So if you're sending people to your show page on Podbean or you're out on your site, you can put a button on your site that enables crowdfunding so that people can contribute to your show like Patreon. They can become a patron of your show, but it's right there. They don't have to go out to another site. They don't have to look at another site. They can go right there to your website, to your crowdfunding campaign, 
and contribute monthly to your show if they want to support it. So it's a really interesting way to get funding for your podcast. You can also do premium podcast on Podbean. Like if there's a special episode where you're doing an extended training or something like that, you can use Podbean service if you're hosted with them to actually segment out a particular paid show. So you can make a show, a premium show where people have to access it a lot like Mixergy Premium without having to go and try to set up all the complicated systems that Andrew Warner has set up. You don't have to create a membership site on your website. You can just make that episode a paid episode, a premium episode. So if you want to, you know, extend an episode, you can do that. Or if your episodes are really, really detailed, you can, after a while, just make them a premium episode, pull them off iTunes and then have them there where people pay a monthly membership to be able to access those really in-depth, informative episodes where you probably should be charging for the information. So definitely something to think about if you're looking for ways to fund your show. If you want to try out Podbean, you can use the promo code VRPodbeanFree, and that is going to get you 30 days of, of Podbean for free. Be able to upload your episodes do all of that. You get 30 days on me, VR pod being free. It's definitely worth checking out. And real quickly, before I get out of here, guys, you guys know that I've been working on the book. The manuscript is finally finished. I'm done. It's off to the editor. It's, I'm going to keep you guys updated on all the happenings of the book. Really super excited about it. And then, you know, the funny thing about writing this is it was really difficult to write. And then after I finished, I couldn't stop writing. Really interesting, right? I think that it has a lot to do with when you have to meet a deadline, sometimes the writer's block comes up. But once you're finished, uh, at least for me, the creativity just kept going. (laughs) And I kept coming up with things to write and kept coming up with stories to add to the book. So I may include those in and end up extending the length of the book. It's not super long, but, you know, it's a quick read. I wanted it to be something that you could consume literally in a day or two because the stories, I think, are inspiring within the book and they're things that you can learn from and apply immediately. And I just have fun writing it. So definitely hope you guys will go out to vernonross.com forward slash book, get on the list, uh, download a free copy of chapter three. I've included um, my take on fear and how to overcome it. Three quick tips to conquer fear. It's actually uh, out on the page. You just click on it. You'll be able to download it. It's uh, vernonross.com forward slash book. You can definitely check that out. I would love it if you guys jump on the email list there to let me know that you guys want to maybe pre-order the book. Be on the list to uh, help make this thing a bestseller. I think we can do it. Really do. I honestly think that I could have a bestseller just based on the loyalty of this audience and supporting me. Of course, you have to buy it. I can't give it all away, but, you know, I'm going to be giving away some copies. But, you know, I would love it if you guys would go out and support me by purchasing a copy of the book, however much it ends up costing, because I'm not sure yet because we haven't set the price. You guys are like getting the insight on exactly what happens in the book buying process. I just hope that you guys go out, jump on the email list so that you can support the book. I'm going to be sending out all kinds of information, tips and tricks and all kinds of stuff like that, that have helped me with communication and being able to find my voice online 
and behind this microphone. I cover that in the book. But the Master Your Message book is going to be out soon. VernonRoss.com forward slash book to stay updated on everything that's going on. And to check it out, I'm going to be um, putting some new videos out there pretty soon. All right, guys, and with that, I am going to go ahead and get out of here, and I will see you definitely in the next episode.